0: you can you can really do anything you know it's one of the you know there are no rules in this in the world of contemporary dance there really aren't
1: that's Alistair Spaulding and this is the Justina Green podcast Welcome to the new episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing really, really well and that you're really enjoying this summer. Um, I have for you only a few more uh, podcast episodes in this season. Um, So thank you so much for your continuous support. But don't worry, Uh, while uh, there'll be no podcast this summer, uh, there'll be uh, many, many of them in production as the third season will be kicking off in September in time for London Design Festival. But in the meantime, um, today we have very um, a very beautiful conversation about dance, as uh, my guest is Alistair Spaulding, who's the artistic director of Sadler's Wells. And what he's done at Sadler's over in the past um, nearly 20 years has been absolutely incredible, uh, turning it from a local Islington theatre into a world class um, dance uh, venue and also a production house. Um, and if you're familiar with contemporary dance and love it as much as I do, you'll really enjoy um, Alistair's insights into a kind of dance in the 80s and in the 90s and kind of how it's been evolving and the international exchange of ideas and culture um, that it enables. Um, and from the design perspective, um, we'll also dive into um, how dance works together with um, visual effects, with sculpture, with Olafur Eliasson and Anthony Gormley within um, the pool of collaborators um, for some of the Sadler's shows. Um, without further ado, enjoy. And I have a lot of questions and I'm really interested about in the future of Sadler's Wells yeah. and everything you're working on now and the program now. Okay. Um, but actually, um, my research led me to your, the, the start, how, how you, when you joined Saddler's and where it was there, mm-hmm. where it's now. Yeah. But I actually wanted to know first, um, your pre Saddlers life.
0: pre Saddler's <laughs> life, yes. There was life before Sadler's. <laughs> um, well, how far do you want to go back? Because I mean, I, I, I didn't, I, I, everyone asks me if I'm in a, event you know they say Are you, were you a dancer that's the first mm-hmm. question because I mean obviously most people who would be running as balls would have probably started off in that profession but I didn't I was various things in my life until I was 30 and then I started working the arts mm-hmm. and um so it, so then dance didn't really start for me until until then as a as a thing um but um but it did in a big way -hmm. At that point.
1: So how did it? How did you spend your life kind of until you were thirty? Were you in any way creative or not? Or did you have just epiphany at thirty, thinking I'm going to do arts now?
0: Yeah, it wasn't really epiphany. It was just (laughs) that I hadn't found my thing. So Mm -hmm. I was. I had to leave school early because I wasn't great at school, and then I I went to work in a local lawyer's office for a while. That was very boring. Uh, Then I went back to university I finally got in to do a degree and that was pretty, that was great because my world opened up a little bit. Whether I was creative or not I don't know but I was certainly thinking about things. Uh, I did philosophy and linguistics and then, um, then after that I, I, beca- I became a primary school teacher for six years mm-hmm. and that wasn't very creative except I was laughingly in charge of music. <laughs> the school I was at because I was like one page ahead of all the kids in the recorder books <laughs> is that creative so anyway I think it's bold It's bold, and uh, in a way I've been doing that ever since I've been trying to catch up. but don't tell anyone uh, and so then um, then I decided I would quite like to work in the cultural field just a feeling that mm-hmm. that would be a good thing to do so I applied for a job and I got it in a theatre outside of London and it's there that um, I realised that that's the sort of thing. I, I like the world of it, the people in it, and I suppose the creativity. So there's sort of, um, you know, and I started actually kind of programming, curating things. I started, that was my first job mm-hmm. in a new new art centre. So that was a very luxurious position to be in.
1: How did uh, you find it? Was it scary?
0: Not at all. It was really not at all. It's, stra- it's strange because, um, you know, you would have thought so. I, had, I knew nothing. But somehow that helped. That I helps, yeah. I, those are the best days when I was really naive. <laughs> and um, anyway, I was doing all sorts of programming right across from music to film and um, visual arts. And But it was dance that started to capture my imagination then. And... Um, and i started to work with dance companies and com- commissioning them and uh, just got to know that world a little bit more um, and then after that i applied for a job in london at the south bank centre as a dance and programming uh, dance and performance producer and i got got that job and that was a big leap because mm-hmm. then that was you know london cultural venue and also in this milieu of you know, working with colleagues in music and the visual arts in that place was wonderful. Well, a wonderful place. It was really great. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then I kind of flourished and, and, and became the dance person because that was all I was doing, um, which I, I loved. It was fine. And then then, then this job came up at Sad as well. So not this job, but the director of programming came up and I, I I was asked to apply for that and
2: then got that one.
1: And when you became the... The dance person. Mm. Did you want that, or did it come naturally to you? And why dance?
0: Yeah. So why dance is interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to d- define why that is or articulate it. But all I all I know is that when I was watching it, I felt something that I wasn't feeling so strongly in other forms. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it was something to do with the combination of you know, the music and, and other kind of aspects of it, you know, obviously the movement. But there was also something about its abstractness and the fact that it wasn't trying to tell me something. It was more kind of just there and, and, and was open as a thing. And I found it incredibly uh, enticing. And also, at the time, in the late sort of 90s, it was so kind of... Um, it was so uh, trendy to be in the dance. It, it felt like a really kind of cool thing to be doing. Oddly <laughs> enough, it did. And, and it still is, really. It's, it's cool. And, it's, uh, and the people are great. Um, and, uh, and, I, and, and no way did I ever feel out of touch because they need somebody. They need people the dance world. They need people to be producing and getting behind them. And, um, and I felt it actually was an advantage that I wasn't from within. I was able to, I didn't want to choreograph or dance. I mm-hmm. wanted to help those who, who do.
1: Did you never have a thought that you should start dancing or that you could choreograph something?
0: Very early on, I was quite interested in this. I was quite interested in this connection between your art and your, your being. I felt quite uh, that i could have done that because it is it is that sort of combination which is great you know you're you're creating you're creating with your own being mm. uh and and and, I, and you meet dancers and you can see somehow there's something about them which there's there's a, a equilibrium equilibrium around them which is somehow connected to the fact that they're very in touch with themselves but i never did it i mean i was just not i didn't have the kind of Drive to do that
1: so can you now can you spot a dancer sure
0: if- <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean obviously
1: but not just from the physique you can we have usually are- tell
0: yes there's a sort of there's a sort of brightness and an openness about people in that profession it's not just people like that but um from them but uh, yeah there, there's definitely a difference and uh, and obviously you can tell a ballet dancer that's great <laughs> and i always have this thing because you know um you know, if you think about ballet dancers or the form, it was created by Louis Fourteenth, And it was actually a form to, to, to create difference between the noble and the peasant. You know, mm-hmm. So, you, if you're if you, if you standing in a certain way and holding yourself, you are a nobleman. And so, in fact, ballet dancers are walking like 14th century noblemen, actually. That's <laughs> and they, how they still walk. do, don't they? They still <laughs> do. It's funny. So, yeah, yeah you can definitely tell.
1: And what was the difference between, because we we've established now that dance was cool and is still cool to be in the dance mm-hmm. in do we call it an industry?
0: Mm, yeah, world. I say world, but world. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, 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 in the dance yeah. world. Um, how has it evolved, and especially contemporary dance, from like over the past fifteen, twenty years?
0: Well, it's bit. There's been an explosion, hasn't there? And um, I think it's. It, it was it was a good time to decide to make this a dance house
2: yes so
1: that that was a big decision wasn't <laughs> it, was it? A big decision. so you joined tell me what was Sadler's like when you joined
0: well Sadler's was um struggling a little bit because it, it, the new building was there so I came in two yards two years after the new building, but the funding was very poor and it had it hadn't quite kind of focused down on the dance aspect so you would have opera here you would have. You know, you'd have seasons of stomp. You'd have commercial things to keep it going to a certain extent. And so, you know, if you said, what is Sadler's Wells at that point, you would say, well, it's a theatre in Islington. It mm-hmm. does various things. It does dance. It does opera. So, and I think that's always been when Sadler's Wells has been in its direst stra- straits is when it's tried to be a local theatre in that way only uh, because the West End is under the So it was definitely a decision of mine to say, okay, let's, let's focus on this art form.
1: And when um, you decided to focus on dance, where you did you have the um, authority to just say that's what you're going to do, and for everybody say, to, to agree, or did you have to convince people? And did you have naysayers?
0: I didn't. I didn't actually ask anyone's permission, <laughs> even the board. I stood up at the press conference and I said, um, "We're going to make there's two things. We're going to make this a dance house for London
1: without a sign off. Without a
0: sign off. And a very, very funny, one of the journalists who covered it recently said, you know, it's great, isn't it? Someone can just stand up and make this declaration. And it's true. And <laughs> <laughs> it sort of was. I learned a lesson then. It's true. You can do that. And then the other was to bring in artists to to the house, you know, to have associate artists. So, But the first one, yeah, was, um, and anyway, going back to the thing about luckily at the same time, or and, and obviously we're sort of part of it, You know, it's hard to distinguish the two because we also took this on and and built the kind of profile of dance, particularly in the city. um, It sort of then grew and grew. And to think now that we're running, you know, 365 days a year in three venues and we Mm. only do dance. It's pretty good, isn't it?
1: That's massive, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I like you saying that, it's pretty good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's possible, you see, that's the thing. And I think people, you know, because because again, I think it's true that people's people are becoming becoming more attuned to it as a as an art form. And also the city has changed and so there's all sorts of people living here from France and Spain and where the where the dance is more central to the mm-hmm. culture anyway. So all those things kind of um we took advantage of and uh, yeah it's made it possible because we need the audience there's no doubt about it and that's what we need
1: and who do you need how have the audiences changed over the years as well
0: yeah well, i mean this is something i've kind of been saying recently is that, uh it sounds a bit pretentious but you know as well as the art form and the choreographers we've also developed the audience and i don't just mean in numbers i mean in their 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 astuteness their way of looking I think
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i and I, there are a few examples of it i so there's one I usually use, which i but I think is a very strong one, so we had Cloudgate um a couple of years ago, and we had had them before with the same piece um and um it's one where there's rice involved and it falls on the songs of the wanderer and at the end of this performance the right the 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 stage is covered in rice completely covered in rice and and then there's a there's the applause and the curtain call. And then there's a guy with a rice paddle and he starts to make this concentric circle, starting in the middle, this spiral, and, and eventually, after 20 minutes, reaching the end. And the first time we did it, people were just sort of leaving and, you know, it, 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 you know dr- drifting out. This, this last time, there was complete silence for 20 minutes. It was quite an extraordinary moment. And, and I thought, oh, OK, there's something going on here. Mm. There's something where people are willing to enter this, whatever it is. We're asking them to enter; they will, they're willing.
1: I guess it's the question of how they approach the experience or what they expect from it. Mm-hmm. If they expect to be entertained, or yeah, um, or it's more of a. I sometimes I find it a slightly meditative mm-hmm. state where mm. you're just so engrossed in work yeah. that you lose sense of time and yes, you. And then, like you said, the narrative that's created without words.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because there are no words, it's so personal to you.
0: Yeah. So I think I think people are beginning to relax about that because it, the English people very very attached to the word and to narrative because we we come from that tradition, and so it's quite hard to let go of that. And
1: um, is it for the fear of being lost?
0: Yeah, just something to hang on to. Mm. And I think people have, uh, you know, there's something else that goes on in your brain when you don't have that, but you let you let it happen. And and I think people are becoming more and more tuned and uh, able to do that.
1: And do you think that, where, where is kind of contemporary dance now when we look at forms such as theatre and spoken word, when we talk about musical performances or art exhibitions? Are there, I was thinking about kind of points of entry, and are there still, do people still find it harder to themselves without ha- an insider that drags them mm-hmm. into here? Yeah. Because uh, that's what somebody did to me many, many years ago. Yeah. And then I've been dragging people in as well. Yeah. Um, but do people without f- previous knowledge of contemporary dance, do they still enter that world? Or is it still, does it feel enclosed or scary?
0: I think for some people it still is a little bit but I think um and so that first venture is often the very important one and it's a very important one and sometimes that first venture hasn't always been a great experience mm. for some people in the past you know where you get you get you get into something which is very hard to if you if you if you make the leap too quickly or too mm. into too, too. first thing I ever saw really I remember is Merce cunningham actually here in the 70s and my goodness, that was a leap into the dark for me, but it always stayed with me somehow. Anyway, when so when now if you come and someone invites you to have a Schechter hmm. performance, you think, well, what is this? This isn't what I was expecting. It's more like a gig. The music's great. Yeah. You know, people are. You almost want to get up there on the stage. So, so it's a, it really depends. And then sort of Akram is telling a story of his his life in Bangladesh and being, having his identity issues. And, you know, so there's so many different things and aspects of it that I think it's just depending on what your first experience is. And then what we found as we've gone along is this incredible loyalty for the people who get in. They feel like, okay, we get it. We're, we're <laughs> the ones who get it and we're in this club. And, uh, you know, it's a, nice, it's a nice thing, but we want that club to be bigger. We're not, I mean, that's one of my, that's always been my mission is to take this out of the studio and into the into the Lyric house, you know, to take this out of the world and share it and not keep it as some kind of secret.
1: And have you been succeeding at doing that? It seems so.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> surely. I mean, they, 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 the audiences have doubled in the last, you know, um, t- 10 years. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's um, yes, it's definitely working. Um, and... Um, and and the work as well has been amazing. Yeah, I mean the, the work that we've been able to make and help to make because of this, because you know, I mean, it's, it's a bit sort of pragmatic. But this, is, we seventy percent of our budget is from the audience. It's from box
1: office, hmm. which is unusual, right? Very unusual. Because you, <laughs> <laughs> what what's the percentage that normally relies on funding?
0: Well, usually usually it's a 30-30-30. Mm. So thirty funding, thirty from various sources, and thirty from the box office. So we get nine from funding and 70 from box office. So uh, it's an unusual model. But why I'm saying it is because there's a big connection between people's experience and our existence. (laughs) (laughs) And so we do have a range of things. And of course, you don't always come here and and have to make a big leap. You You can come and see something which is very accessible. And we've had to have that element of it in order to survive. But it's also been an incredibly good thing. Mm-hmm. That we're not seen as just an elitist art house that people can come and enjoy, you know, for, uh, even if they're a beginning person in this form.
1: Mm, and I guess that's the part that's part of the of the identity. Yeah, of of, of now. It is,
0: yeah, yeah, and also that we we embrace every different genre of dance. It's not just the very hardcore contemporary. It's not just the kind of populist, uh, it's everything. Everything is under this roof.
1: So tell me what's happening this year at kind of, What kind of genres do you have? What, do you, what are you excited about? What are you bringing?
0: So, I mean, in terms of genres, I mean, it, a lot of it is hard to uh, define. But uh, So one of the things that's coming up in April is this work by um, Damien Jolet and a, and a Japanese um, artist, uh, sculptor, Ko- Kohei Nawa. And it's a collaboration between Damian a choreographer, and this sculptor. And it really is, because there's this huge sculpture in the middle of the scene, which is kind of a mix of clay and, and, and movable uh, kind of liquid. <laughs> and the dancers create this world within it, and there's water all around and stuff. So there's that sort of thing. Um, and then we have the Flamenco Festival, uh, in the summer, um, and we have Mark Morris, uh, and we have English National Ballet with the Rite of Spring. So, um, uh, and then over at the Peacock, we have uh, you know the the work that's uh, you know that uh, uh, that we usually do there, tango and uh, flamenco and and, uh, and other things, hip hop. Uh, so it's it's you're able to kind of uh, delve in at any point uh, through the year,
1: which is very interesting. Like you say, there's there's something for everybody Yeah. You kind of you can never get bored no because there's so much to discover
0: yeah so for including you know i continue with the list just so <laughs> <laughs> for, well i'm thinking is of course you have Mat- you have matthew Bourne doing romeo and julia in the summer as well which is another great premiere mm. uh, because matthew Matthew's and Sadler's Wells, we we are symbiotically kind of successful you know we you know it's exactly the right combination because he makes sophisticated enjoyable uh, accessible uh, dance but it is sophisticated and it is contemporary and he takes a contemporary view of of the classics so so we have him him in the um, summer and then red shoes in the autumn as well and we actually have a french season this autumn so we're focusing france dance so in our attempt to continue to be part of the continent (laughs) the french institute and ourselves are organizing a nationwide um, festival of dance which um, focuses on companies coming from France so that's another uh, aspect is this in- internationalism.
1: And how important, important is it to the existence of Saddlers? It's, be it's incredibly
0: important you know I mean um, I, you know so for example we've got other two other Chinese companies coming in, in Tao Dance and uh, Yang Li Ping and you know I think I, it's true to say we must be one of the most international kind of organisations in, in, in London, artistically. Because we, not only do we bring artefacts or, you know, uh, uh, things from the past, we actually bring living art, living artists from the other side of the world, from mm-hmm. China, to two great artists who are, who are showing us, actually, how they are thinking and how they are, how the, their way of being is. and I And I think when the world is shifting and we... We see this kind of move to China becoming probably one of the strongest powers in the world, and yet we don't really understand them as mm-hmm. a culture or the history or you know uh then surely it's part of our job to to show it even if, even if it 's only one aspect their movement but if through movement you can tell a lot about somebody and uh, and what they're they're trying to tell you so so this fa- fact that we that we have this focus on Europe obviously, which is closer, but also we're bringing people from far away and 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 making these bridges incredibly important in our dna
1: and do you feel like it's something that um has enough support from the government and um in the uk is that something that's being promoted, or is it kind of a bit of a struggle to? Forge those links.
0: Well, unfortunately, at the moment, the political movement <laughs> towards, you know, our exiting is going to make it more difficult. Mm. But on the other hand, all of the kind of the uh, language coming from the government is we want to keep open to the world. Mm. <laughs> <Very interesting laughs> so we're will. going to take advantage of that aspect. And, um, you know, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes we find it quite difficult to to find help to get things uh, going around the world. Um, it's, it helps if there's, if they're going to specific regions, there's, it's, a, it's a political kind of, um, uh, there's a, there's a reason for politically to take things mm-hmm, to places and where there's an, a, a kind of year of, there's a year of Japan and England coming up, for example, or UK coming up because of the Olympics. So that's, that's helpful. Um, but uh, I, there definitely needs to be more of that. And I think it's, you know, I think it's important to keep the, these doors open at the moment.
1: And tell me more, um going back to the the performances themselves, um, you mentioned sculpture. Mm. there is music that's an integral part of the performance. Mm-hmm. So how do different genres collaborate kind of what makes a great contemporary dance performance, and um, how has that changed as well? Because we had some technological advancements as well, and you know things you can do on stage these yeah. days.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, collaboration is really key in dance, as you've described, you know, because it's, it can only really happen in, through collaboration, both because you've got a choreographer with people in the room, so they have to, they have to be collaborative. They're not writing and working on their own. But then it, it's a wonderful canvas for other artists to come in. And we've obviously had a little bit of a history of inviting visual artists in, um, as well as designers uh, in a normal sense. Although we... And, and people like Hussein Chalayan, who, you know, the fashion designer who made a show here. He authored a show. Uh, and, um, and, but the reason I'm interested in that is not because they make pretty sets or pretty costumes. It's because of the way that they think, that they bring their thinking to this art form. So you take someone like Anthony Gormley, and when he's making uh when he's making this work with siddhi labi sutra you know to to come up with the boxes was the it, it was the key which opened up this piece mm-hmm. because all of these different kind of worlds could be created through those boxes and they were symbolic of many many things including you know much of the history of uh, of that part of the world so you know it, it, yeah he made the set but it wasn't just a set it was a way of thinking and uh, and others have done the same you know that's what I'm really interested in um, and uh, and that's why you bring collaborations in and that's where you know the great collaborations like John Cage and Merce Cunningham wasn't just about well actually that really wasn't a connection that was just about a sort of a intellectual approach which which they brought which they kind of made play ping pong with you mm-hmm. know and um and that's where it gets interesting, where there's also a little bit of tension between between these different uh, kind of ways of thinking, ways of expression.
1: And it must be so um, liberating in some ways to be able to do that, to n- not have very strict boundaries yeah. of where you can yeah get go where what's well, it's not possible anymore.
0: Yeah, it's really it's fantastic because you can you can really do anything. You <laughs> know, it's one of the you know there are no rules in this in the world of contemporary dance there really aren't so there never have been it's one of the things i've been attracted to so you know and we're working with quite a lot of pop musicians at the moment on various projects we just announced the Kate prince and sting one but there are many others coming up and again you see that's another kind of um uh, this connection between popular music and, and and what we're doing is is also very key and and again what that does to the audience and how that brings a different kind of perspective into, into uh, different people into the into the audience
1: i remember being able to convince friends to come here just because there was jamie xx yes exactly
0: <laughs> yes exactly
1: doing the music and that's that that was it that was the entry yes. point <laughs>
0: but you see the thing is with that with this tree of codes which mm, is this, it was it, incredible so uh, uh, th- w- uh, another visual arts collaboration with olaf aliason Ola- Ola- when they got here they also had a great time you know mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't trying to trick them you know <laughs> he was definitely present you know in that room and uh, artistically anyway and uh, and the and the work was you know it was fantastic and so you know i was you, you, you know um, that's one of my responsibilities is to make every evening here fantastic <laughs> 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 i realized it you know, I was talking to someone from another house in Germany who, who are much more heavily subsidised, mm-hmm. and they were saying we can get away with a few duds, but you can't, can you? And I said, no, we can't <laughs> actually. It's a great pressure to have, but you know, we make sure that these things are not, not always, you know, just to get entertaining or giving people what they want, but that there's a sense that something is happening, that's a quality to this experience. Uh, that, uh, you know, we're, we're striving for. And that's what we're striving
1: for. And are there any perform- performances or collaborations or themes that you have in mind but you feel maybe the audience is not ready for it yet?
0: You know, um, it's an interesting thing, but the, the audience and myself are always slightly behind some artists. There's no doubt about it. You know and i think of someone like bill forsyth who we've supported over the years you know and, and we went through some, through some tough times with him and also alan platel you know is another one where they 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 keep pushing and they keep kind of going down their own furrow and it's often ahead of where we are and mm-hmm. i mean that just as not just the audience but me too you know i think i i see some of these works and i think uh, okay you know <laughs> i'll stick with it but i don't quite get it but then of course eventually you realize and 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 in a way it's part of the artist's job is to keep that stretching so i never really say no to anybody in that way if um because they know and they th- that's why they are who they are and if you think about Pina Bausch, I saw something recently on film of a piece that we're bringing soon, and I can't say what it is because we haven't announced it.
2: But <laughs> it
0: was an early piece of work, mm-hmm. and um, it's been out of copyright for a while, and it's back, at, it's back in copyright now, or out of copyright, so we can show it again. And it's the most extraordinary piece. It was made in the 73, and, I, and I'm looking at it and I think, my goodness, you know what were people thinking and i really did when in verbotar they were leaving in droves
2: oh really yeah
0: because you know it was it's really tough and it's not what you want and it's not what you expect mm. and now of course everyone thinks she's a genius and it's just a matter of time and people understanding and being being taken through a, a process so i'm never afraid of that because i think it's part of what we have to
2: do
1: no, absolutely i was about to say that that's your role because yeah. it's the role of the artist to push you ahead yes. and then your role is to push ahead yeah yeah your audiences as well yeah that's it so what's next for Sadler so because just kind of looking back it's it's gone well mm-hmm. hasn't it and it's yeah but there sounds like there's a bit more to do to bring it to the public bring it to kind of bigger audiences is yes. that the idea
0: well so so the next thing for us is another theatre so we are building another theatre um in Stratford where the Olympics happened and it's part of a education and cultural district called East Bank so the V&A going London College of Fashion BBC ourselves UCL are going out there too uh, and it's a project which uh, we we need as a theatre, but we, which also London needs. So that this part of London is it's part of a it's it's part of a of the legacy of the Olympics to make what was really a dumping ground in mm-hmm. this park, it's now a park wonderful park and a and a place um, where people can live, but also that they can also come and see uh, culture and, and they can learn and they can come and see performance. So that's the next thing. And what it means for Sad as is that um, many of the artists that we show and uh, platform, we haven't been there from the beginning. So, you know, other people have been involved in their training and their development. And um, what we want to try and do is is to start to find the next talent pool ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we are gonna have a hip hop academy there and also a choreographic school. And we're going to be uh, offering people who are very, very early in their careers a chance to develop their work um, in the studio. We'll have six studios there as well as a 500 seat theatre. And so we're diving into that a little bit more because I think you have to kind of keep the pool of talent going, Mm -hmm. keep it flowing. It's going to be international um, as well as uh, focusing on this particular area around the uh, boroughs of... Uh, uh, around the park, and also for the rest of the UK. So, um, so it'll be another space. So, there was a lot of work which we, which we do isn't really suited for the big stage of that as well. So mm-hmm. it's smaller, but it will have all these other aspects, and we and want to really com- uh, be part of that community out there in Stratford too.
1: And is that twenty twenty two? Yes, i will open
0: in September twenty two. That's the plan, uh, and we start. Um, they start digging in the ground this summer.
1: Exciting.
2: Mm
0: so that's the next thing and, uh, and, then, and then of course you know, we, we're also wanting to do more, we, we do uh, about 20% of our audience now see our work abroad so the, the, mm-hmm. the touring aspect is huge here actually and people don't really know that because it's happening elsewhere <laughs> but our productions that we tour like Sutra and others um, are touring all over the world and we want to do a little bit more um, in-depth work in some places mm-hmm. I think uh, in the future to work more closely internationally as well
1: and are there particular countries that well I mean um, like?
0: you know we're already all over the all over the world, but I think again you know going back to china we'd be very interested in working in that region and around mm-hmm. that region because I think it's fast growing and there's lots of opportunities there and as as I said before, I think it's very important to engage with that those people and to understand because that's where we're going in the you have to think about that in your you know, you have to think post-Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think in a in a, in a in a sense in which you're looking at the way the world is moving and the global kind of shifts that are going on and just trying to assess where you're... We already tour America. We already tour a lot in Europe and have lots of European colleagues. We do less in that part of the world. Uh, and we'd like to try and do more.
1: So when you think about saddlers and when you plan, how many years ahead does your head take you?
0: Well, I've just written a... You know, my board have just asked me to write a 20-year vision. Next 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's probably as far as you can go, isn't it? Probably. With, and being really, With you
1: know, big scope for many changes and...
0: Yeah, in between, of course, yeah, yeah. But to have a map, at least, is good for that sort of period, I think.
1: And to finish off, I actually have... Um, Question about the artists themselves, about British artists, and um, you are a producing house as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you feel, kind of, since they've started with you, have been on an incredible journey where mm-hmm. they are, and what's the new talent kind of to look out for? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I mean, as I said before, so it's, it's hard to tell whether our existence has made this happen or, not, you know, which which bit is which. But, I mean, people like Kofesh, you know, when we launched him on the main stage here, um, I can't remember how many years ago now, it certainly put him on the map internationally. And uh, and and also the same with Akram, really, uh, at the beginning, because, he, you know, to, to go on the scale of Sadler's Walls is a whole another, another thing. And... Um, and people like Kate Prince also say that their their involvement as associates has been really key in, in their development and um, our support. So so I think, you know, those those sort of people and of course, I've talked about Matthew and, you know, Matthew probably would have succeeded anyway. But having this home here has made a very strong base. And uh, so there's, there's those people. And then the next generation, obviously, we have the new wave artists and there's Project O uh, Jamila and Alessandra and, um, uh, and as, uh, and, and as, uh, there are hip hop artists like, uh, Botis Saver, who's had just a big success here on the main stage and got a an Olivier nomination for it. Um, people like that, um, who are coming up, there's another generation and that's, 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 as I said before, where we're really focusing a little bit more so that you, you know, you're always looking out for the next, and and also in encouraging them if they want to, to take bigger leaps and to make work which is more ambitious. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's very very important is to offer people the chance to make something for the main stage. Because unless you ask them and they have a chance, you'll never know. It's not it's not always going to be totally successful. But you know, we we had this evening reckonings in the last. Um, it's part of our 20th anniversary commissions. And it was three young choreographers: Julie, Alessandra, Sutin, and um, uh, and Botas. And uh, it was a very successful evening, actually. I mean, they're relatively, under, but they they had three. They had only had it was a three part evening. Mm-hmm. But they all really uh, took advantage of it. And and also, what happened to the audience was amazing as well. So it was, um, you know, the, these sort of opportunities are really what we're we're trying to encourage.
1: And how do you spot? New talent, young talent. What do you look for? How do you recognise it?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, how you do it is you go out and see the work. That's how you do it. You you know, myself and my colleagues are always out seeing other things as well as what's happening here. And then you you can just... It's a kind of intuition about Mm -hmm. whether there's something there. And you don't always see it in the first time you may see a glimpse of it and i think it's a matter of following a little while but the but that 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 kind of moment is incredibly important because that's the moment when you decide who you're going to follow mm-hmm. and i think that's really the key is is finding the right ones to follow
2: no, absolutely
0: <laughs> and then when you found them you stick with them that's been my that's been my philosophy and encourage them and give them the chances but it's it's making the right choices in the first place,
1: but I guess they become much easier when you have been doing what you're doing for many years, and you've, like you said, you're out every single every night yeah. seeing things. Yeah. So I yeah. guess it's that intuition and the gut instinct becomes much stronger.
0: It's like anything else; you get better at doing it, mm. you know. But sometimes I wish I was back to that naive programmer, and you know, <laughs> that would just do mad things. But I think, yeah. So there's a sense in which you become a little bit more kind of. Not conservative, but you, you just know more. So it's you're, you're a little bit weighed down by your knowledge sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think um, uh, it's true to say I've now got quite a sophisticated sense of looking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go. And to final question for somebody if they've not experienced contemporary dance, yes. um, where should they start?
0: They should definitely start out as well. So. <laughs> um, you know, I mean it's hard to say because it's hard to kind of predict what someone's taste is going to be but i would you know the the great thing the great sort of revolution of the kind of youtube and um internet world is that you can go onto our site uh and you may not even bother reading what it says but you can go to the to the film of what you're going to see and just have a look and see, is that something you would like to see more of? Mm-hmm. Is that something that appeals to you aesthetically? Because because usually you can tell, it's true you can almost tell straight away that is wow that is going to be something, or that is definitely not for me. So I would I would suggest people have a flip through our, our website and just and just have a have a look and then choose a, a couple of things. I almost watch trailers.
1: Kind of watch trailers.
2: Yeah,
0: but you know I mean I. I it, and, and and the thing is that a trailer can't, I mean it can be very snazzy but in the end it can't really lie because it's just there mm. it's the thing it's a short version of it but you can usually tell you know what's going on
1: brilliant thank you so much for the okay. chat I really enjoyed it Hi, thank you thank you I hope you have really enjoyed this conversation um, there's just so there's so much um, to saddlers and Um, There's so much to choose from and the ways of um, so many ways to engage um, with dance, whether it's for a whole family, whether it's related more to visual arts or you want to to be immersed into something completely experiential. Um, So I do highly, highly recommend it. Um, And if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, you can subscribe to it um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Play. And also it really helps me if you do review it and leave star rating on Apple Podcasts. So it will take you one second probably. Um, So please do it now. And if you want to discover the rest of the podcast, find out a bit more about me and suggest some uh, guests for the third season, you can do all of that on my website at justinagreen.com and you spell my name J-U-S-T-Y-N-A. So that's justinagreen.com. And that's all for now. Bye!